and welcome to a very special episode of CantoCast. This is uh, kind of a year-end in in the review type category. I, I don't know if you can call it a review. You could probably just more like call it like, my favorite games of 2018. I cleverly wrote this episode to reflect all of the great games on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, and we get to go over them. So I wrote it in a sense that we get to rewind the year in games. Sure. It's very clever. It's clever writing. I feel like this is also just your... a lot of people did it. I feel like yeah. I feel like this is just your interpretation of like the Gamer Awards Switch Edition. Kinda. Maybe. I don't know. But we're trying it. Could be an annual thing. I don't know. We'll see. I, uh, I I've been I've been debating doing a uh, a monthly podcast episode, but I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, well, we haven't done one in a while. Stuff is well, you haven't. Um, I did one two weeks ago. You yeah, you did. It it, it feels. And like then it's the holidays hit, so we we took a little hiatus, and now we're back. I've just been playing Smash Ultimate this entire time. No, so. you haven't. I haven't. That's true. You've been playing that and one other game that is heavily mentioned on your I, list. I actually played a handful of games. Well, you know what? The other day... I've been unemployed. The other day I came home, and it was after dinner, and I looked over at you, and you were playing your game, like your Switch, uh-huh. and then because we're like in this awkward phase between two different phones, we have like our new phones on a one one service... Google Fi, and we have our old phone still from, like, a family plane we share with your dad, which need to get canceled. So you have three devices, and he was playing both um, Faye and Dragalia Lost, and you were playing something on the Switch, and the TV was on. You had four screens in front of you. Well, that's because Dragalia Lost and uh, Heroes had two events simultaneously going on, and you gotta grind them out. I'm actually I'm thirtieth in the game for the current Tempest Trials in Heroes. How does that make you feel? Um, I wanted to go for first, <laughs> but it it kind of got to the point where like I hadn't bumped up a rank in like an hour and a half of just grinding nonstop. I have everything on auto battle, by the way. I'm not just like sitting here playing it. it it's on. I have teams built, so they're they're sufficient for auto battle. Um, but yeah, I was like, eh, I don't really want to waste the potions anymore. Plus, is getting I was bored. So, uh, I think top 30 is where I'm going to end. In the entire game, can, mind you. Can we put this on your resume? <laughs> I don't know that I want to. I, I spends excessive amounts of time on his mobile phone. Kind of just, it kind of just screams like, hey, he knows how to waste time. <laughs> but I saw a goal and I wanted to obtain it and then, you know, sometimes you don't sometimes you miss the mark by like 29 points oops Oh well. I don't really know what the ranking system means like I finally had my head wrapped around like what the online Pokemon ranking system meant no, and that th- th- sounded this like is, this is like a lot different this is much more simple and yeah, but I'm just saying like <clears throat> I don't know what that means. So and now you're gonna tell me. <laughs> I'm just I, I don't. It's easy. So I have a score of two hundred eighty nine thousand one hundred and forty nine. And that's based on what? 
Oh, I'm 31st now. Shoot. And so... You're slipping. Of, of everybody, I have the 31st highest score. So there are 30 people in the world that have a higher score than I do. Can I just say that's a little bit sad? Like, it's cool. I was trying to accomplish something. I don't think it's sad. I think I was trying to accomplish something. I'm fine, I'll play it again. I'll auto-grind right now. I have no fear. You are always auto-grinding. You fall asleep auto-grinding. You know, there's a new Tempest Trials that starts in, like, four days. Yeah. So you have to start on, all on over New again? Year's Eve, it starts on the 31st. So what, you start, like, you start your points all over <clears throat> again? Well, it's a new Tempest Trials, so yeah. So, okay. So you have to start from <laughs> new one. New team, new points, new rewards. Which, Legendary Azura got announced, uh, yes, last night, as of this recording. And I called it. I was very proud of that. I know, you've told me multiple times. Our, our final water... Legendary hero is Azura. Imagine that. But there was a theme of princesses Yeah. throughout the whole thing. And she's technically a princess of two regions, um, one of which no longer exists. But they said I was crazy. They were like, it's not going to be Azura. Blah, 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 blah. You're thinking too much of the princess thing. I was like, no. I had like, <laughs> you know in those weird like uh, true crime little uh, montages where, like, the dude has, like, the red yarn and he's got it pinned all over the wall, like, connecting things. And that was me, but mentally in my mind palace. And I was just like, no, it's gonna be this. And I doubled down on it in my video, too. And I was like, it's gonna be Azura. I had had it picked between Veronica and Azura. And I had a couple honorable mentions. Um, But I was like, it's gonna be Azura. Okay. And it was. I didn't even know what the blessing was. Turns out it was a water blessing, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, but she's pretty busted. She's pretty busted. So, like, everyone should want her? Um, she she is a dancer that is point viable in the arena now. Which is very helpful. Those are all words. Yeah, so in order, <laughs> in order to score high in arena, you have to have your featured bonus unit get all of the kills. Okay. Which is easier for them to do if they can act twice in the same turn. Okay. And get crazy buffs in the process. So Azura is very helpful. Uh, not to get kills herself. Presumably. I don't actually know. We haven't seen the stats come out yet. But um, she'll help your bonus unit move more times so that it's easier for them to get kills. Why are you, like, squinting at me? Because your lips look chapped. Yeah, they're sore. <laughs> No one can see that. And I was like, you haven't had Kool-Aid today, so why are your lips red? <laughs> I had cranberry ginger ale. That's true. It is dyed red. That's like the the worst part of things that I find annoying about just food in general is why is it a color? It doesn't need to be a color. It will still taste good without being a color. You know how I know I'm getting old? How? Soda gives me indigestion now. Well, when you drink like an entire liter, it does. So first of all, they they, <laughs> they come in two liters. Yeah, but you don't drink liters. like an entire one a day. But I guess I did say entire, so. Yeah. So your phrasing was a little confusing. Okay. Um, second of all, I don't drink that much. I always I, during the holidays I have like a glass or two a day. I know, but in like which comparably and like ginger ale isn't the worst thing you could be drinking. No. Compared. I avoid the caffeine. I'm always concerned about the caffeine. 
Which is another way I know that I'm getting really old. Because Because I'm concerned about the caffeine. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole thing. See, we, we cleared the stage. Okay. We had like a minute ago. So how was your ranking now? I don't know. I'm going to find out. 31st. Yeah, see, it's, it's like that. There's somebody who really wants to be like top 30, and I guess it's just not me anymore. Or at least that's what I'm going to tell myself you know to hide I'm, my, I'm my gonna, shame I'm and pretty sadness. sure you're going to, like, I'm going to be falling asleep and you're going to be like, I'm 29th. <laughs> I, it, because it, you will It's going to get to a point at night where I just don't care anymore. Oh, you're going to fall asleep with it <sighs> sitting in your hand. And then I'm going to have Which to I pry don't. it out of your hand. And then you're like, what are you doing? You're the one that took the phone out of my hand last night? I don't remember. Oh, no. Sometimes it falls out of your hand. You don't, and you don't, I don't touch actually, a man's Faye account. And I don't actually know. That is Because I'm not heresy. looking at you. Heresy. Uh, we are going to talk about the Game Awards, by the way. But before we do that, uh, there were a couple bits of news that came out. Um, everybody's suing Fortnite. <laughs> oh, all the dance moves? Can we talk about this for a second? Well, the Everybody's one, suing the one that I found, like, I think it, there were other ones, but the one that I found heavily trending on Twitter was the Carlton dance. Right. The the actor who played Carlton on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes. And he, like, they did a side-by-side clip of, like, the character in Fortnite doing the dance, mm. and then him doing the dance on Dancing with the Stars. Mm. Exact replica. Yeah. So they, they probably used some kind of... Um, it's basically some mapping. Mimic. It's a mapping yeah. software that they use for motion, like when they're doing like CGI um, yeah. movies and things like yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's problematic. <laughs> but you know, I th- I think um, probably two or three months ago, Donald Faison, who played Turk on Scrubs, one of the greatest television shows of a generation, according uh, to Brian and everybody else who has watched it, uh, they had his Poison Dance. Yeah. Which uh, I think was season four? Episode. I don't know the episode. I <laughs> I'm going to have to marathon Scrubs at some point because I missed that show and they took it off Netflix. And I haven't seen it in like a year probably. I think it's, well, those DVDs are buried somewhere in the yeah. box that we have I have them opened. all. I have them all on DVD. I don't have the, the final season uh, that we don't talk about. But. You actually do have the final season. Oh, I do? Yes. Oh, I broke down and got it. You did. Huh. It was probably like a Black Friday thing that was really cheap. Good and you job, were just Brian. like, I'm just going to get it. Not watch it, but have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you got to do that. You know? Some, sometimes it's worth it. Um, but yeah, he, he made a comment a couple months ago. It might have been at like a Comic-Con or something like that. Like somebody wanted him to do the Fortnite dance. And I was like... Uh, you don't, you don't, you're don't. so young, you don't realize that it's his dance. And so he got, I think he got a little perturbed about it and was like, you know, I haven't seen a dime uh, from them using that. And because, like, it's something that he came up with. Yeah, it's something he came up with, but it's also part of the show. So, like, not just him getting royalties from the dance, but, like, whoever was the. The production company of the show, yeah. whether it's ABC or one of the like big guys that did it, and another another one was uh, the backpack kid who did yeah. like the the side motion thing. Oh, it, it was the... it was the move that Trevor Noah was doing in the in the latest YouTube Rewind. 
Um, the thing where they're like swinging your arms like a pendulum, but it's yeah. like going in between your legs and stuff like that. Well, or behind your legs and, behind and then you, behind, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's suing them too. Um, so uh, we got Carlton and there's at least three the backpack kid suing Fortnite. We just the Don, Donald Faison is not Turk is not. He's not about that noise. Uh, no. He thinks it's BS, which you know I would agree with, but. Um, I don't. It's it's interesting because it's like Fortnite's taking, uh, taking culture, and marketing it. I mean, in some ways, <laughs> yes. Like, in some. Well, what else would you call it? They're they're reappropriating culture, because yeah. it's not the Turk dance. It's not the Carlton. It's it's the it's the Fortnite emote now. Yeah. And I can see how when somebody would twist culture like that. And kind of, like, obscure its origins. How it could upset the the originators. Like, as an... I did this kind of in college. I did a project that was for photography. That was basically me distorting other people's photography. But it wasn't like I was taking a picture of the entire thing. That was the pinhole thing, right? It was, um... Kind of. Pinhole photography. So what I ended up do, what I was doing was I was basically distorting like the the focus of it was on hands and like different hand positions, but I didn't have any models. So I found like images and photographs of people with interesting positions of their hands and I zoomed in on those portions of the images and distorted them through different kinds of like physical filters and then um, I like changed them in Photoshop. So in some ways, the original content was definitely not my own, but like at what point do you say that reappropriating something from its original to its like new final state is can be claimed by so the owner? I don't I don't want to make any bold claims, but I don't know if the emotes are free. So are they? I don't know if all the emotes are free. So you may have to be paying for some of these dances. So you may have to buy packs that have different emotes and gear and things like that. With with the V bucks or whatever the currency is for Fortnite. I mean, I never sold what I was doing, and if someone was like, "Well, that's that's what I'm saying." There's the line. Yeah, and if I was like, "Hey," if someone was like, "Hey, that's my image," I would feel bad and probably take that out of like circulation. Right. But that's what I'm saying. But like, I think that they're... But also the movements were exactly the same. And even even if the emotes are free, right, you have... I, I feel like the dance moves are probably the biggest marketing tool that uh, Epic Games and Fortnite uses to market their game. Because when you, when you look at what they do, like even in YouTube Rewind, they weren't playing the game... They were doing the They were move. doing the emo. Like, they weren't even in... There was a bit in the How? very beginning that was, like, Fortnite-themed, right? And people were dressed up like Fortnite players, and st- like, in yeah. the game. I don't know how But these were late-night talk show hosts doing the dances. There was zero context to Fortnite there, but they were doing the dances. I remember <laughs> hearing... Oh, I think your sister was telling me something a while ago about one of her co-workers has a kid, and they're old enough to kind of play video games... And they were doing these Fortnite dances. We were always old enough to play with it. Well, like, not like a small toddler, but like, maybe like... What, okay, so what's pre-teens. the difference between a quote-unquote video game and a light-up 
play phone. Okay, they were old enough to play Fortnite. All right, whatever. <laughs> and they were doing these dances, and the parents were like, what's going on? What is this? And then they, he was, like, mimicking the dance moves, and someone was like, oh, that's a Fortnite dance. Yeah. And it wasn't like... Well, not even that. Last year, they held a contest to have a new dance, a new emote, put into the game. I don't understand how you can call a dance an emote, though. Is it because it's, like, the full character Because they emote on... Like when they when they dance, they emote. It's a term in the game. Oh, I would so. It's call not it like an emoji like, or whatever. Fortnite dance. That when when you pop off and dance in the game, it's your emoji. Is it kind of like in a football game when they do like their victory dance after they've done a touchdown, like that kind of thing? It's the same thing as a taunt in in brawl. Oh, okay. Which you probably don't have any context for. I have a little bit of context okay. for, but I have. Yeah, I can. So okay, do you yeah. remember you remember Halo days when yeah. somebody would teabag you after they shot you? It's <laughs> yes. that. It's that, but in a much more family friendly environment. That's kind of what I was thinking it was. Yeah. But <laughs> you went there. We're so. taking a deep dive. Not just 2018. We're going far before that. To early 2000s. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know, man. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna sue Epic Games for using it. Which I feel like it'll probably just be a settlement. I don't think it'll actually go to court. No, if if not, anything, they're like, just going to settle. I, like, how do you, how do you police that? Right? Because if you're saying Fortnite can't do it, what's the difference between all these kids uploading themselves doing the dances on YouTube? That's because that's a thing, they're... by the way. These kids freaking love this game. They think it's the the hottest shit to ever hit the market, because it's and a, they're super excited, and they think it's so cool, so they will literally upload a 30-second clip of them doing the backpack kid dance. Because it's an imitation, <sighs> it's not like literally lifting something. Uh, I, I think Article be, 13 in the EU would have It would be different if they were claiming that. it as like their own creative thing. There, there's... Okay. <laughs> There's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you, how you police, um, creative freedom on that. Well, how, Cause like, if you, if you. One, one of the things that gets flagged on YouTube the easiest is, uh, overlay commentary. And it's happened to me before yeah. too, but commentary is transformative in nature. Okay. Ergo, it's free use, but YouTube doesn't care about that. Well, if you're going to flag dance so, moves, then you have to take down all of the people doing covers. Well, that's what I'm saying. What happens like, to, what music happens, covers. I'm sure it's in, like, the newest Just Dance game. I guarantee you that dance is in there. The Backpack Kid dance. I don't actually know if it is, but I have a strong intuition that it is. Because I don't play those games. But, like, at what level, if... Th- th- this, is, this is dangerous territory that we're getting into. And I'm kind of playing devil's advocate by, like, defending and then kind of contrasting. But, like, where do you draw the line? Like, you can't put it in Fortnite, you, but could you put it in Just Dance? Do you think it... The, yeah, that was a good point. Like, do you think if Fortnite wasn't so huge, nobody would care? Well, yeah, that's... I mean, that's... Fortnite is a buzzword, right? I mean, in four days from now, at the time of recording, Ninja is going to go stream... Uh, for like twelve hours or whatever to like bring in the new year in in New Times York, Square. and you're gonna be playing Fortnite. Well, so like, I feel like I feel like they have they've <clears throat> they've found this this formula where Fortnite is appealing to generally everybody. It's free to play, 
to start. And uh, you have this seemingly untouchable figurehead that is Ninja. Which, let's let's be real, Ninja's not squeaky clean. No. Alright, he's said some derogatory things. He's, uh, he's, he's told players that have beaten him in-game before to go kill themselves, like... He's said some stuff, right? He's, he's not, not. He's not squeaky clean. He went over a rebrand, ladies and gentlemen. That's what that's called. Uh, when someone needs to be marketable, they get squeegeed, in a sense. And uh, that actually, Ninja earlier this year uh, had fans like, "We miss the old Ninja." Well, that's what that means. Because <laughs> he, you can't, you can't be the same, but also have people tell you, "Well, I miss the old ninja." It's like people, I miss the old Canto cast, them first ninety some episodes. Yeah, that don't exist anymore, by the way. <laughs> I'm just, but you know, at some point, even like celebrities do the same thing. Like they get to Hollywood or wherever, they, you know, they're doing the grind, oh, trying to get their job. Politicians and then, do it. And then they hit a certain point when they become a public figure, and then they have to, like, play the game and, you know, look a certain way and act a certain way and, like, carry themselves a certain way anybody, and pay attention to what they say and do in public. Anybody in the public eye does this. Yeah. Politicians, celebrities, influencers in general, right? Like, how, how, do, you, how do you have someone who's up every two, every two terms? Like, getting reelected constantly. Because you know they're not accomplishing anything up there. Washington's in gridlock, man. <laughs> like, nothing's happening up there. You you change the conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it's like Don Draper once said. That's a madman quote for you all. If you don't like what's being said, change the conversation. It's very easy. Yeah. It's, it's just redirection. And then eventually people forget over time. Well, I, I read something... Because we don't study our history. <laughs> I read something interesting the other day that was kind of like, um, basically, people that are under a microscope that are trying to appear, like, presentable in a certain way, so that would be, like, religious figures, public figures, celebrities, whatever, they're just human like everyone else, and they have the same, like, quirks and weird thoughts and feelings and whatever. But they can't be perceived like that. But they can't like be perceived like that. So that's when you get people, like kind of coming out like when the whole me too movement came out and you had people on one side saying this person's horrible and they did all these bad things and then you had someone saying i went on about date with this person and expecting us to treat them the same way everyone has like a, a level or whatever and so when you're in the public eye you have to be perceived as a certain way and like how kind of unfair that is a little bit because we're act we're asking them not to be as human as the rest of us well perception is reality so whatever you think it, I mean that. Look at look at the United States current state of everything. However you perceive something is your reality. Like Donald Trump, not to get political, but you either really like Donald Trump or you hate Donald Trump. There's not really anything in between. And however you perceive him, that is your truth. So if you perceive him as a good president, then that's the truth. You can skew what's happening. To make your to like back your argument that he is a good president, if you don't think he's doing good, uh, you can use what's happening to skew your mind the other way too. So it's it's all about perception. And so what these what these companies are doing is they're changing consumer perception 
to fit what they're trying to sell. Yeah. And, and they're I, controlling the narrative. Well, Fortnite has done a really good job about that then because they're controlling the narrative by including all of these cultural um, references and things like that and appealing to a large audience. And then they're getting people to sponsor and back them that have a lot of weight as influencers. And I'm not bashing on Fortnite. Like, it, it's not my cup of tea. I literally played one game and called it good. 17th. Well, you know, like, eventually, at some point, the whole, like, novelty or fad of playing Fortnite. Oh, yeah. It's done. It'll, it'll, like, it's going to hit a ridge, and then it's just going to I remember Overwatch being this big. Overwatch. I remember Minecraft back in the day. Like, there were so many games. Well, Minecraft was a little more convoluted. Well, The the YouTube algorithm at the time actually helped excel. Minecraft exposure, yeah, which was a side effect of something they didn't realize they had done. Well, then there's like but. Halo and different things like that. Like they had their moment, and they weren't the same game because every year we're getting better and better about like uh, community community type games. Um, and back in the day, like online servers kind of sucked. So like yeah. you still had really popular games that they were trying to achieve this kind of like, but community backing. But for here's it. here's what I think the difference is. You, by using these old cultural references, right? Because the Carlton is old. They're not. Okay, it's old. It is, but it's still like in today's retro. terms, it's old. It's still retro. Though. That's old. That's literally the definition but it's of retro. Re- it's it's <laughs> when I think of that dance, I think it's retro because it's still culturally re- like recognizable in today's society. Uh-huh. Not everyone necessarily knows it directly. But retro, they know of it. Retro is just old and nostalgia mixed together. Sure. That's what that is. But like And that bring that that makes my point. They're invoking a sense of nostalgia to players who have money to buy stuff. Because the Carlton is like people are our, our age. Or older, a little bit older. Yeah. yeah. And so like it's not it's not like the backpack kid, for example. No, that was more of a which younger was, audience. Which was hot like three years ago. Yeah. Or whatever. But they kind of they kind of keep refreshing their brand when they introduce new stuff like that, <laughs> and it's it's interesting. So what are you saying? Other like, games are if they were trying to target like say our parents, they might evoke some sort of like John Travolta type move. I mean, maybe like a Saturday Night Fever thing. Yeah, or maybe. like a Footloose type thing. Or but Fortnite's Flash Fortnite's dance. positioned to do something different in the sense that it has real world marketing. So like back before. Uh, season five, I think it was hit. Um, there was this weird portal thing where like uh, landmarks in the game disappeared, and they popped up in the real world. Like they built these structures out in the middle of oh. deserts and stuff, right? Well, that's weird. Yeah, and kind of wasteful. Well, no, I mean, like there, but there was like there was like a real world treasure hunt kind of like hidden oh, okay. thing going on. So they have this IRL marketing thing, and it, it's it's different from like Halo, which is set in an alternate universe with aliens and yeah. all kinds. Of, it's different because Halo can't do that. No. Fortnite is kind of a caricature of the real world that we live in. Yeah. And so they have access to real world so cultural like, things. Theoretically, they could put Times Square in their game, and it yeah. wouldn't be like, so they weird. can they can keep themselves relevant with the times of things that are happening or have happened. Yeah, which the other games 
that you know kind of blew up like Fortnite don't have the position to do that. It'd be so cool to work for them. I'm just thinking as a, in like a marketing type. Uh, that that's too much pressure. No, I'm just that's yeah. A lot. I mean, it's a lot of pressure, but I would be like, <laughs> I want to be. Think of I used to think it'd be really cool to work for Niantic back when the big Pokemon Go boom happened. Yeah. And now I'm like, dude, every time they mess up, it's just hammers thrown at them. Well, that's true, but I don't want to, I kind of just want to be like in the meeting when they're like, have that idea where it's like, hey, what if we take away landmarks from the game and put them in real life? How do we accomplish this? How do we find the vendors to build these things? How do we like make this happen and like blow it up? And like, that's interesting to me. Uh, like, to be in yeah. the room thinking about those kinds of things. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess. That, that's more that's of just a, me being That's more a of a general marketing career kind of thing that you're yeah. saying. But. It's just me being a nerd about it. But I think, like, they've done cool things. Sure. And I would like to be involved in cool things right. at some point in my career. <laughs> well, you know what isn't cool? <laughs> what isn't cool? Piracy. Transitions into Soldier Boy and his at-home consoles. I have okay. So you have to explain this a little bit to me. <laughs> so here's my understanding of this this story specifically. Sure. Soldier Boy, uh-huh. big back in the early two thousands, uh-huh. had that song. Soldier Boy was Yo! the song. <laughs> yeah. And now he's trying to like be an influencer and have his own brand of things, and one of those things is a console. Uh-huh. And in my understanding of the console is he has his own, like, game system with its own games. Uh-huh. But then his system can also play a bunch of other system games like PlayStation or whatever. So what this is, is essentially a Chinese knockoff of, of a console yeah. with bootleg games on it. <laughs> and they're built into, like, a different shell. So, so you can you like, can find these game groupings together uh, in many different products. So Soldier Boy has his own shell over some software that's just a Chinese knockoff, if you will. So like that one <laughs> that games. one YouTube video we saw of Beat like ups. yeah playing these like really yeah. bad knockoff yes. NES. Soldier Boy's console is that, but in a different skin, and it has like. 500, 600 games. Yeah. And then they're all from different platforms. And he's, but Soldier Boy's marketing. <laughs> oh my god. He's marketing some of these things as like Switch games. Which. <laughs> what? They're not. Obviously. Does he even know what he's marketing? I don't think so. Is someone like telling him, hey, Soldier Boy? <laughs> so Yo! we yeah. have this really good idea. I'm your manager. No, I... I you should totally sell this product. I think product. he's just very misguided and easily excitable. You know, when someone grows up without anybody being like, hey... That's a bad you, idea. You can mess up, and this is dumb. You, you tend to become an adult who says yes to everything. Because you've never made it, you've never paid the consequence for a mistake. Well, here, Soldier Boy has never. I feel like has not had that particular lifestyle. I don't know. I can't <laughs> tell you about his lifestyle, but here's what I can tell you about. I can tell you that he's not as popular as he used to be. He may be popular in other circles than he used to be. Yeah. But he might just be like feeling 
desperate and like, you know what's a great idea? I'm gonna be like ninja. I I think I think he is passionate about games. And I think he thinks this is a really cool idea. And it is. However, he doesn't realize that he messed up. (laughs) And that's the that's the biggest tragedy in all of this. Like he had he had a game that Ubisoft developed on like on his quote unquote console. And he immediately tweets out, yo, we partnered with Ubisoft. And I'm like, no, 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 sweet child. No, that's not what it means, man. So, <laughs> like, do you think he's going to get hit with a bunch of lawsuits? I, uh, so, he obviously doesn't own the software, right? He doesn't understand the product. He doesn't. He doesn't have the manufacturer. He's just kind of slapping his sticker on it. Yeah. Which I think implicates him at the very least. But it depends on his contract with the manufacturer, whether or not they can sue Soulja Boy or sue the manufacturer. So here, here's what I will say. It still you. gives him a bad rep. Nintendo has sued someone over $100 before uh, because they used a, a Pikachu in their promotional poster for their own PAX tournament. Yeah. $100. Okay. Nintendo's not going to let this go. <laughs> like, no. They're not going to be like, oh, there's some like scalper selling weird games that we own IP on. Or, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I guess it comes down to how identical are they. You know what it comes down to? Soldier Boy did not have his lawyer look at this deal. That's what it comes down does, to. Does he have a lawyer? That's a question. Does he think he needs a lawyer? He should have one Yo, and consult Soldier them. Boy can do no wrong. Yo! He, I mean, he also That's had what a dance. You know what? He would have made more money if he sold his dance moves to Fortnite. I he th- had the soldier dance. He doesn't sell Fortnite. That's the that's the problem. No one sells anything <laughs> to Fortnite. Kidding. They they take it. I know. I'm just saying. You know it. You know you're in a you're in a bad spot when Fortnite won't put your dance in the game. <laughs> you know you're in a bad spot. Yeah. Uh yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So, if you're going to put your name on something, you should probably make sure it's At legal. At this time, I'd like to announce the CantoCast Classic Consoles coming out, just in time to spend your holiday money on. It'll come with over 500 classic 8-bit games, so you can relive the nostalgia that you once knew and loved. For only $499. That's the thing, too. He was crap... Like, some of these some of these bootleg consoles were like 30 to 60 bucks. He was selling them for like... 200 on sale for 150 like he was tripling the cost <laughs> and it's like oh you know what's oh really no. sad is i thought most of these were selling through ebay too people bought them and that's people the saddest bought them. part and the sad part is people some bought them. some mom is gonna go to her door and the ups guy's gonna hand her a package she's gonna open it and be like i didn't order this and then she's gonna go and see their son order a soldier bowl console for 250 you know what's gonna happen the kids are going to be like, Mom, why'd you buy this? And she's going to call Soldier Boy. <laughs> and she's going to be like, Soldier Boy, tell him. Yo! That's a really, really old reference. So if you got that, I applaud you. Uh, Wait, wasn't... Okay, I don't... Soldier Boy, tell him. 
It wasn't. It's he, part of the song. It was. Isn't there something you can do where you ask celebrities to do things for you, and one of them give shoutouts? Yeah, and PewDiePie did and it. And PewDiePie did it, and Soldier Boy was like one of the only ones that actually would agree to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, when the you're, dude wants money. To quote Kathy Griffin, when you're on the D list, do what you do. <laughs> yeah. All right, can we actually do it's the episode relevant. now? Yeah, well, I mean that was part of the episode. That's that's relevant that's things. That how have many been minutes into the episode? And we're just easing into things. That's like thirty, 30 minutes, minutes. and okay. we're gonna finally get to talk about this'll, what we, they came here for. This will be great. So the Canto Cast Game Awards of twenty eighteen. You mean the Brian Game Awards of twenty eighteen? Nope, this is objective. Uh, but for the record, I only put Nintendo games on the list or games that are on Nintendo consoles. Um, steering in the direction uh, of that. So, it like, Fortnite, for example, is on everything. It technically could make the list. It didn't. But it could have made the list. And that's what's important. <laughs> uh, some of these some of these go a little back. Like, we're going we're gonna to take, take a little journey. Um, and there's one game on the list that I, I feel like kind of stood out. More often than not, which you'll hear it. Quite yeah, a bit. I can I can see it quite a bit. But I tried to get kind of creative with uh, the categories and whatnot. So um, if you have a suggestion, feel free to hit us up on social or in the Discord for, for categories. For categories for next year. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. If if you're interested in like oh well this should have been a category or something like that. Um, I didn't I didn't break it down by genre so like not. Best role-playing game, pre- best adventure, best shooter, blah, blah, blah. I didn't break it down like that because it's Nintendo. <laughs> they kind of focus on one area very heavily, uh, so I didn't really think it was worth it. But uh, the first award that we're giving out is the game with the best visuals. And you'll note, I did not care about nominees. Listen, if you put out a good game, it's sold. That was your reward. The, these awards go to the best of the best, all right? And the best visuals, hands down, is Octopath Traveler. Hands down. You're blending 3D with 8-bit. It is Get really out. cool. It is really cool. It's very well executed and done. I was even like, because I was looking at you playing it before we came in the office to record this, and I was looking at it, and I was thinking, you know, it is. it looks 8-bit. But if you look closely, they're using more than just eight pixels oh, and yeah. stuff. And, and the way the, the, the way foregrounds they, fade as you yeah, move and the into way, the background. The way that they blend that whole 8-bit style with things that are more refined. Like the fence post wasn't 8-bit, but everything around it looked 8-bit. Mm-hmm. So your eye like doesn't pick up on some of that. And it's still so crisp and so clean. And it's... Very much like a good HD experience. The uh, the Frostlands. Anything in the Frostlands, which are like the snowy mountain regions yeah. in Octopath. Uh, it has... First of all, the snow effect is incredible. Any kind of weather effect in that game is amazing. Um, but the, the glittering kind of like light flares that you get yeah. from like snow in the distance is so gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. Like, they were very specific on what things needed to maintain, like, that 8-bit look and feel, and then what things could feel more refined and, like, in like part of the environment, so mm-hmm. it has more detail and definition. And the enemies, too. They're, like, they're more, like, detailed drawings, almost, or, like, sketches. 
and they're bigger than the 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 team or party that you go like in. The with. little kind of chobies or whatever they're called. She, well, they, she, they're the eight bit sprites. Yeah, the sprite sprites. is the word I think. The you're sprites, for. but they're like so cute. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. You put eight bit sprites in a game, I will buy it. Like that's that's pretty <laughs> much where I'm at. The thing, but it, it it's one it, it's so it's so different, and I think that's why. Um, like, you can have a visually beautiful game. Like, Pokemon Let's Go is a very visually mm-hmm. pretty game. Smash Ultimate is a very visually pretty game. But they did it so differently. You, know you can what? have a good engine and good graphics. Mm-hmm. But what Octopath did was actually use different visuals to create, uh, you know, an, an actual world. You know what I really like about that game, too, is that, like, kind of with Pokemon... Uh, when you would enter into another room, you were just kind of, like, transported into the room. But with Octopath, you can, instead of, like, at a oh, lot Oh, it's of, all stationary. It's all stationary, and you can move within the rooms, but then, like, the wall just kind of fades. Yeah. And it fades so beautifully, and you're just, like, in that room, exploring the room, and it... In a lot of ways, they could have just made it almost like a platformer where you're, like, forced to go in only one path. But they allowed you to explore three-dimensionally within something that looks very much two-dimensional. Right. And adding in those fades into the walls to let you explore further into different places is just, like, it's... I think it's really cool. It's so good. Uh, the next up on the list, we have Best Soundtrack. This one's hotly contested. It, all right, it is. there were there were some really good options. Uh, the the game Fey, for example, what came to mind on this? Uh, uh, the world ends with you. Smash Brothers Ultimate, which has like five hundred tracks of different games throughout the history. Um, but I gave it to Octopath Traveler. Yeah, and I'm, I have no no regrets. There there is no other game to date. That has created an emotional stirring when a battle scene came on. And I actually, I recently saw a video done. I can't remember who did it. Um, but it was about key changes in the tracks for Octopath. Yeah. And so the way that they uh, orchestrated it was uh, very, it, it was so creative in the way that they cut it together. So that no matter when you started into a boss battle or like when the tone had to change... It was at the whim of the player, but it the the track leading up to that didn't feel chopped. So it, it, yeah, there was there's so never like any seamless. hard stop. There's like never a... any hard stop. It always flows directly from, uh, you know, crescendo to crescendo. And that, as someone who has edited sound before, is very difficult. Like it it is very very technical to uh, write a piece of music, let alone edit it, in a way that allows someone else to be in control of its flow. Yeah. And, I mean, that alone gives me, like, you, you instantly win when you're doing that. <laughs> because you're, you're, writing a, uh, you're writing an OST with the player in mind. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. Like, you can write a beautiful score... Um, and there have been many great scores. Over, like, Legend of Zelda is known for its music uh, worldwide. But it, I don't think it's ever flowed this seamlessly. 
and this is from somebody who loves game soundtracks, Octopath Traveler by far has one of, if not the best OSTs of all time. I don't know if I can agree with that. Wow. Okay, what would you say is? No, I I mean... I'm no, no, not... no. Tell me what your favorite OST is, Jenna. What does OST mean? Original soundtrack. She doesn't even... She's a poser. <laughs> you posing. No, I don't... Why are you posing? I'm, I'm just saying because, like, I listen to a lot of different types of music, and I'm while I'm agreeing with you that Octopath Traveler has a really good soundtrack, it gives me a certain feel, and it I'm not necessarily saying that... It sh- I like it's not good. I'm just saying, in certain instances, I wouldn't necessarily want to be listening to that. Would it change your mind if I told you each of the eight travelers has their own theme, and that build in with player control for seamless transition factors into every single character's theme? I mean, so it's, it's not just it's one really, boss theme. Okay, you it's know not what? just one main it's character really theme. Impressive. It's a multitude of things. That's impressive. And there's like 20 different towns that all have a different Okay, so based not solely on like necessarily like, I don't want to listen to this right now, but like on the, like the genius behind it, yes, Yes. I guess it would say that yes, that's the best soundtrack. Thank you. Thank you. Play Octopath Traveler if you haven't. Best narrative. I'm also giving to Octopath Traveler. We're just getting the technicals out of the way right now. Uh, The categories will get more interesting as we go on. But best narrative. Um, there were some pretty good contenders for this one, but ultimately I went with Octopath because... It's my favorite. No, it has eight different stories, um, that aren't really intertwined. So there's eight different narratives, each for each character, four different chapters. But, as I played the game it became more and more apparent to me that there was this endgame secret dungeon. And it was hinted at, at least in... I haven't finished everybody's chapters yet. Uh, four of the eight. Yeah. So there's um, these gates of Phoenix. And uh, it's, it's kind of like an old gods type situation thing. And it's hinted at. And... Uh, there, it's I guess spoiler alert. Uh, they're founded at the base of Hornburg, which is the Falling Kingdom of Ulberich's story, which are accessed through the Dragonstones of Therian's story, which is home to the god uh, that is talked about in um, Ophelia's story, but no one ever really addresses it. It's just kind of there. And after you clear all eight characters' chapters, there's this secret option to like try and go find that, which I think is really cool. So it's telling you eight different stories without with it that basically said the, the plots aren't intertwined, but they are, kind of. And you discover that on your own. That's cool. And additionally, uh, the replay value in this game is absurd because you can only have four party members at a time. And as you go through each character's different chapters, you have um, Traveler Banter, I think is what it's called. And that can only happen based on your party that you have. So you can, uh, let's, Primrose, for example, can only interact with uh, the three other members in your party during her chapters. 
So if you switch the members of your party, they you interact get different differently. Story lines. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn more about the characters. You're going to be way. playing this game for years. It's very... It's, I'm telling you, man, the construction of this game... When you look at it at face value, it's very pretty. Yes. It's dynamic. Yes. It has a great track. But as you... like, If you can really appreciate the inner workings of a game and how it's built um, and how it's designed... There was so much thought put into this game. Like, it is absurd. To figure out how people are going to react based on, like, you know, you have how many characters? Five characters. And eight. Eight characters. And, like... Octopath. Oh, sorry. Eight characters. And then, like, you have a main story. And based on the other three characters in your party, you have different outcomes. That's a lot of data. And um, the side quests that you can go on... There are different. Each each character has their own skills, and so you can solve the side quests differently based on who's in your party and what you can do with them. So, like, you could beat somebody up to get into the building. Yeah. Or you could guide them with Ophelia's grace and just move them from the door. Okay. Like. You have you have choice. It's ingenious. All right, I'm not I'm not using that lightly. It is ingenious. Um. Anyway, best narrative, definitely Octopath Traveler. But again, very highly contested, and uh, knowing some of the games that are coming in 2019 already, I don't know that it would have won uh, if they had come out already, but it's, oh, it's so good. If you haven't given Octopath a try, you should definitely do it. Uh, best multiplayer. Ooh. Duh. <laughs> That's going to go to Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh in in terms of multiplayerness, uh, the online matchmaking got patched pretty quickly. I think within the first week of launch. Is it better? It's better, but not still it's not still, great. It's an imperfect system, but it's it's working more functionally now to to kind of help with um, preferred rules pairing, which is the entire concept that they based the online matchmaking system with, and it didn't do it at first. So that was the whole thing, but. Bang for your buck, the online multiplayer for Smash Bros. Ultimate is, like, a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer. Because isn't there so many different ways to play it online or in oh general? Oh my god, there's so many... Com- there's, like, over 100 stages, there's over 70 players. Like, there's there's so many different ways to play this freaking game. And no Smash Bros. before this has given so much control to the individual. I mean, it's it's insane. <laughs> the amount of choices alone. It's overwhelming. And uh, on top of that, in terms of multiplayer, it's the strongest Switch title to date. I feel like Sp- Splatoon 2 and maybe Mario Kart 8 would have been the more dominant multiplayer online games that you'd find. Uh, but Smash Bros. absolutely destroyed it. I think they sold... Um, a million they, copies. I, I genuinely think within the first week they sold more copies than Pokemon Let's Go has to date. Oh, yeah. I, it's pretty, like I'm It was like positive. 3 million to 2 million. Like, it was absurd. Which, by the way, all you Pokemon Let's Go people who were like, this game is the greatest and it's never going anywhere. How's that treating you three days later? <laughs> I don't Sorry. know that anyone's really talking about it anymore. Well, that's what... I mean, that's... that. Listen, when I said what I said, it's the nature of Pokemon games in general. Don't hate the player, hate the game. All right, they come out with something. It's there, and once you finish it, it's done. 
And that's that's why I was like, in two weeks, no one's really going to be talking about Pokemon anymore because Smash Bros. comes out. And when you have this multiplayer presence, the the post-World of Light game or whatever you want to do that's like in-game where you're like unlocking uh, players and stuff, it's so high that the replayability is so strong. Uh, and there's people who are going to want to play as well, so that it's not like a dead zone when you try and get online, right? Uh, the matchmaking is live. <laughs> uh, the, the stability is still wanting, for sure, but it's getting better, I guess, maybe. I don't know why I'm paying for Nintendo Switch Online, but I am, and so that's where we're at. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, best multiplayer, hands down, Smash Bros. Ultimate. I don't know what you could do... I, Fortnite, I guess, maybe, but Fortnite has been out for a while. And this is 2018, so we got to pick 2018 games. Best Port. This is a title that uh, came to the Switch, was previously on uh, the Nintendo DS, and uh, hands down it goes to The World Ends With You. Now, if Tales of Asperia had come out three weeks sooner... I'd be talking about a different game right now because Tales of Asperia is very high. As much as I love The World Ends With You, the controls were a little bit clunky when moving to the Switch. So there's that. But it's still a really engaging game. The story is very interesting. Uh, I won't spoil anything if you haven't played it yet, but uh, the title literally does become literal. It is literally literal at one point. Um... And, you know, the story is engaging, it's different, it's unique, the soundtrack is really interesting, uh, the characters are very interesting, and it, it teaches you to be able to trust people, I think, is ultimately what, uh, what I took from it. Um, but again, the, the controls are a little, I don't want to say off-putting, they're just kind of like, it, it could have been designed better with that in mind, but um, for, for a company that develops games solely based on like the user experience like Nintendo does I'm gonna give them a pass on this one because this is a pretty old port this is early 2000s we're talking so it's like 15 years ago uh, and it's on the switch now and other people are gonna be able to enjoy it and I mean it's Square Enix so like you can't go wrong you, you literally can't go wrong did I mention the Square Enix developed Octopath Traveler did I mention that <laughs> Brian's obsessed with Square Enix hey best mobile game Ready for this one? Pogo. Just kidding. <laughs> it's got to be in 2018. I'm kidding. So Faye can't win it. Pogo can't win it. Mario Jump can't win it. <laughs> Pocket Camp is not winning. Um, Dragalia Lost. I put this on here just because I feel like Nintendo is going to be focused on mobile games. And this was Nintendo's first original uh, IP development that they created. Uh, side note, they have put a patent on Advance Wars, which includes video game mobile program. Are you so excited? So we might be getting Advance Wars see on that. mobile. I can see that being a mobile game. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot like Fire Emblem, it's but very, with like tanks and stuff. Yeah, it's very puzzle, <laughs> puzzle strategic moves and things like that. Yeah, it could be mobile. It, it also could be Switch, but it could, you know, <laughs> it it could, could definitely be mobile. It could very much be mobile, because here's the thing. 
I don't think, like, that's a different audience. When I'm thinking about, like, Advanced Wars, it's definitely, like, tanks and guns and whatever. Actually. That's, like, a little bit of a different audience than people that just want boobalicious the pop characters. The popularity of Advanced Wars yeah. allowed Nintendo the confidence to bring or localize Fire Emblem. Because of the strategic, like... Yeah, it's a it's a yeah. it's a strategy RPG. So basically, they could just be trying to re- recreate what they're doing with Fey. Advanced Wars has been around since um, it's an old the game. NES. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 been around like it. Can it's you imagine like our parents playing it? No, because they don't play anything that's good. No, I mean like people of that age. I know I was burning. I was burning them. Burn, burn on Jenna's parents. My parents don't play video games. Anyway. My mom can't even figure Dragalia out how to clear out her notifications. It's great. Dragalia Lost. It's engaging. I don't care what you're saying right now. It's engaging. Uh, it's not the most creative game, but the multiplayer aspect is there. It's fun. Uh, it's relatively like easy free to play like you don't have to get the 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 focus units to to really be able to do anything like you do typically in fire Emblem heroes um there's not a big difference between five and two star units that you can pick up um and overall you know you can play at your pace it's not really anything too overbearing most importantly those characters are cute they are cute (laughs) okay there's no getting past that they're, they're meant to be cute in mind. Um, so, yeah. It's Dragalia Lost. Mobile game of the year. Was there any Hands other down. contenders? No. Nothing else. Nintendo so, didn't drop anything else So this is not a big surprise at all? No. But I wanted to mention Dragalia Lost. Because oh, it didn't okay. really fit into any other category. I was like, Because, you know, mobile games aren't necessarily full-fledged console games. That's the whole point of them being mobile. I'm saying you can't do as much with a mobile engine as you can with what's running a Switch. True. So you can't... Sony tried to do that with Kingdom Hearts, where they put the Kingdom Hearts mobile game onto a Nintendo DS game, and we all know what happened there. It was bad. So... Uh, yeah, we're not doing that anytime soon. But I feel like Dragalia Lost, if you if you invest a little bit in development, you could probably make it a console game. Like a, it's, you could turn it into almost something like a, um, like an like a like a MMORPG kind of deal. Like I feel like you could you could turn it into like a Diablo or something like that. All right, most challenging. How, like, is this based on anyone else's categories? Because I don't think you've played all of the games. I have played all of these games. I have all of these games. All of the D, all of the <laughs> games for the Switch. <laughs> all of them. Yes. Uh, most challenging goes to Celeste. And why is that? So Celeste is a kind of like jumper platform kind of game. Yes. And I'll tell you, I I almost put the messenger on here instead um but there were points and i haven't finished celeste mind you but i did i picked it up during the black friday sale on eShop. totally worth it um celeste as well as having like a pretty engaging story and talking about like stress and anxiety and how to deal with it throughout its arc um there are times (laughs) when this game gets so challenging that 
you, you kind of just have to like set it down. And for me, it was easy to kind of like set it and walk away and then come back to it. Um, but overall, once you figure out how how to overcome the platforming, it's it's not too bad. So I I say it's the most challenging, but there's also a good balance to it as well. Um, and that's that's not to take anything away from um, the messenger because I, I felt like that would also would have been a nice uh, counterpart to this category. There was another game, uh, Splinter Cell, I think is what it was. Was it Splinter Cell? Hold on. Dead Cells. Dead Cells. Yes, Dead Cells. So Dead here's the difference, right? Dead Cells is just a stupid hard game where you don't really have like any save points or anything like that. Uh, that is a game that's built to be hard just in general. And a game that's just meant to be hard is not challenging to me. So, like, that's my distinction. Like, a challenging game is difficult, but you can overcome it. Yeah. And you can learn the game. Like, memorizing where attack patterns are and stuff. Like, something being hard for the sake of being hard is not challenging. Hardest game? Yes. Probably Dead Cells. But, uh, most challenging, definitely Celeste. And I wanted to talk about it, too, because it is a good game. It's well worth it. If you're going to purchase one thing on the eShop, it should probably be Celeste, honestly. Um, because, like I said, it is, it is kind of like a jumper platform, but... And the soundtrack there's, there's, is decent. There's very creative uh, mechanics built in. The soundtrack's good, too. Sure. Yeah. Didn't it win in the Game Awards? Mm, won something. I don't think it won Best Track. No, but I... But it was in there. It was in there, like, among the nominees. And I liked right. it because it had some retro sounds to it. Uh, now, along with most challenging comes the category of most relaxing, and that... This uh, is not a surprise that, to me. <laughs> that award goes to Faye. F-E, by the way. Uh, not Faye like Fire Emblem Heroes Faye, but F-E. Uh, it was done by Zoink Games and uh, distributed by EA. There was no uh, DLC, by the way, so there's that. <laughs> but uh, I, I genuinely feel like this this game was visually and audibly so relaxing. It was tough for me to play it on stream, and I ended up stopping it on stream just because I was like, I was so mellow, and like people don't chill, like tune in to see a guy just like zoning out, dead eyed in front of his computer. <laughs> so I was like, I can't do it. I I kid this would you be not. A good, like, like before bedtime game, and they actually released the soundtrack. I I was tweeting about like how much. I would like to uh, to fall asleep to the soundtrack, and I think it came out on Spotify like a it week did. after, yeah, or something like that. So it it definitely like the atmosphere and every until you until you encounter like enemies and stuff like that. But it's the atmosphere and the noise and the, it's very like an ambient the ambiance. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's so relaxing and it's tough not to be put into a mellow state of mind. So very good for relaxation. Very bad for streaming. <laughs> Just to clarify. Very bad for streaming. Very good for relaxation. Um, but definitely worth a pickup if um, if your goal is to chill. Uh, most creative is next on the block. And this one's an interesting pick. I'm I'm curious to know your <laughs> like your reasoning. For uh for the winner? Yeah. Because you thought it'd be Octopath, didn't you? 
I thought it would be something like that, something that's a little bit more visually mm -hmm. creative than the one that you picked. So most creative I gave to Smash Brothers Ultimate. And why is that? Here's why. So there, there are these things called spirits. And there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these spirits. And they are uh, iconic characters or items from Nintendo game history. Yeah. Right? Any game. To any any Nintendo game. Yeah. It's Plus, actually, because yeah. there are there's stuff that aren't Nintendo games, but also like like Sonic and Metal Gear and stuff like that. They are in there. In order to unlock the spirit, you have to play a type of challenge mode. Which has a custom rule set. Uh, custom stage set unique to each individual spirit. There are hundreds upon hundreds of these things, remember. Each spirit challenge is custom crafted, utilizing all the stages, all the playable characters, all the items, to best match the spirit represented and from their game. And so because of that, I feel like that was a really creative, like that was a creative move on the developer's part that took a lot of thought. You don't, you don't believe me? I'm not saying that I don't believe you. Wow. I'm just saying that I don't, I mean, when I think of creative, yes, there's like a, you have to kind of sometimes think before you do when you're creating, and I get that is where you're going with this nomination. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I'm just a little disappointed it wasn't, like, something a little bit more pretty. It was more of, like, a concept. Well, we gave out best visual already. I know, but, like, most This is most creative. creative. And I guess creative what you're is not saying, pretty. I guess what you're saying, though, is that, like, it was creative because they took the time to do that for all of those spirits. But the detail is very, very, like, so for the Malo spirit... Super Mario RPG, right? He's a little white fluff ball. They did the cast of Super Mario RPG, including, I think, Gino in the Gino Me outfit, Mario Peach Bowser, a white Kirby to represent Malo. Like, they did stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the Pyro Spirit from Xenoblade Chronicles it. 2 had a fire stage. Okay. Um, the Morag spirit, also from Xenoblade 2, had, uh, a black Palutena with, um, a red Lucina or a blue Lucina to represent, um, Bridget. Like, there was, there was a lot that went into it. And some of these references are so obscure. Like, you really have to know your stuff to build a custom stage to represent the spirit that you're trying to... Yeah. To play. I mean, I appreciate that. I guess I just, like, I guess it's kind of lost on me a little bit because while I was sitting on the couch sometimes while you were doing those things, I just wasn't aware of what was happening. Right. And if, you, if you're not, if you're not careful, you can miss the references. But I think that's, that detail is why it's so creative, I think. A lot of people skip over, like, oh, the spirits are so annoying to unlock and the oh, world of light is so tedious. They're all different challenges. We're talking like 900 spirits. Yeah. 
plus. I don't even know how many there are. There's tons, and they'll probably add more later. They're coming up with a custom challenge for each and every one of them. That is literally bonkers. And just so involved. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't have to do that. I'm glad I get to enjoy it. But I'm so glad I didn't have to like think of ways to do all that. Um, yeah. Hands down. Most, crea most creative approach by anything ever is the Smash Bros. Ultimate Spirits. Uh, hey, best character. Yeah. This was tough. This um, was a tough one. I feel um, like I've heard this before uh, because of your love for this game and because of this character, but why don't you tell them what it is and then explain to me why. So this was kind of a gut pick, right? Because there are there are, in in the course of a year, you release so many games that have so many good characters. Um, it it comes to a point where your justification is just kind of moot, right? And you just you kind of have to pick something that speaks to you. Uh, and so best character for me was Primrose from Octopath Traveler. And I've heard a lot of people like Primrose. Primrose's story specifically, uh, I feel like, was probably the most emotionally draining of all the Octopath stories. But you said you haven't finished some of them. Well, I saved the boring ones. But <laughs> I knew which ones were which ones were good after the first three chapters of everybody. Okay. Um, and I mean, Therians is probably up there. I don't know if I'd put it second, but uh, Octopath alone, to be able to develop someone's story in four chapters and go through the amount of tragedy and betrayal and then vengeance that Primrose goes through, her character is developed so strong. And actually in the last chapter of her individual story, um, she's faced with doubt. And of course, like any true champion, she overcomes that. But the way in which it was uh, manipulated and told was so good. And in just that short amount of time, probably like three hours gameplay maybe, her total story. Now granted, I've sunk like 80 hours into this game already. I genuinely feel like Primrose is one of the strongest characters uh, that we saw this year from Nintendo. I mean, I can't... What, you got any comments? I can't what? really comment on it because I didn't play the game, and I don't know enough about other games to really have a strong competitor against that. Huh. But if you do have like an emotional connection with a character... And it's a game that you really love because obviously Octopath has won a couple of the other cate mm. categories. Then, like, that's a strong contender for like a, a character of the year, if you want to say, if call it that. Yeah. So, I, I'm pretty comfortable saying yes. Like, Primrose can be that because I've heard other people talk about the game well, I'm glad and I talk about their love for the game and talk about how Primrose was one of their favorites as well. Therion is definitely up so there. So where's the tattoo going? He, he was very, very close. I almost picked <laughs> Therion for this. He was so close. I think it's honestly, I think, uh, you know, Octopath got my pick for best narrative. 
Um, and I feel like best character kind of goes hand in hand with that almost. Um, so it wasn't really surprising for me necessarily that I, I ended up back after going like a full circle of things. I ended up back here. Um, there were, there were some characters from the world ends with you that also kind of stuck in my mind. Square Enix games in general, they're really good storytellers and they're really good character developments. So, um, it, it was going to be a square game. Like it was just, it was just going to be, <laughs> it was only a matter of time. Uh, one fun category that I came up with was best Nintendo direct moment. We get a handful of Nintendo directs every year. Uh, some of them are Pokemon directs. Some are Fire Emblem directs. Uh, but this year the Smash Brothers directs really brought it home. Uh, and none, none, none held a candle in my opinion to the Nintendo Direct moment where we got King K. Rule revealed as a playable character. Um, it was patched in at the end of one of these, one of the general directs, I believe. And we're, we're looking at uh, Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong just, like, watching a TV. And there was this whole thing about, like, they were referencing um, uh, the Chorus Kids or, or something from... Um, the Rhythm Heaven. And we suddenly see King K. Rule show up. And at this point, we've had, like, a couple instances of, like, Smash character reveals happening at the end of Directs. And so everybody was like, yo, are we getting King K. Rule in Smash? Like, everybody was flipping out. <laughs> and then we get so effing trolled by Sakurai, and King K. Rule takes off his mask and, and is revealed to be King DDD, who is obviously already in Smash. And he's laughing, having a great time, and we're all like, dude, we just got, like, what just happened? And then out of freaking nowhere, King K. Rule comes over and knocks King DDD out the park, and we get the Smash title card of King K. Rule, and we're like, oh my god, no, it is it is real, we are getting him, oh my god, we got trolled, yeah. but it's happening, and now we're all so happy. Yes. Uh, King K. Rule has been on the wanted list for the Smash roster for so long, and to have him revealed in that trolly kind of manner, <laughs> it was so perfect. Like, there were a lot of cool reveals, like the Ridley reveal was really neat, uh, the, the Simon Belmont reveal was pretty cool. Um, the, all of the Smash reveals in general, I feel like, were pretty strong. Uh, and this, the, the second to this contender was probably the Smash Ultimate reveal in general that came on after the Octo Expansion uh, trailer during one of the directs where we had uh, the Inklings with the, with the Smash symbol, yeah. the Flaming Smash symbol, and... Then we knew it was real, like it was happening. Because it was all speculation at that point. Like, we didn't know that we were getting a new Smash game in 2018, but we all kind of felt like we were. Because it was the one big title, uh, aside from Mario Party, which we also got around the same time, uh, that, that Nintendo had not put on their namesake console. <laughs> and, oh man, it the King K. Rule reveal was absolutely absurd. It was, I, yeah, I flipped out. I was at my desk at work and I was like... <laughs> I don't care what people think about me right now. I'm freaking out. I uh, I do have to say, I have never seen the Nintendo community flip out as much as I've seen them 
on like a direct because we've yeah. been watching directs for like <laughs> three or four years now. Oh yeah. Um, unless it comes to you know Smash and their and revealing characters and things like that. And I think the way they do that is like really smart and really fun and completely trolly. But I think like as a, a a team that develops that game, they must like have a lot of fun doing it. And so I can see them like just kind of getting around a table and being like, how can we just make this the most ridiculous reveal? How do we troll them right yeah. now? Yeah. So in my opinion, <laughs> it just makes it more fun. Uh. So I I don't necessarily have a personal favorite reveal. Um, one of the ones that sticks in my mind, though, is the uh, Animal Crossing reveal for... Oh, yeah. um, that was that was another but one. But that man. was like that, that was that was a that was an Isabel reveal yeah. for Smash as well as an Animal Crossing twenty nineteen. Yeah, reveal. so I feel like that was like has a has a two punch <laughs> kind of thing going on yeah. there because they revealed the game and then the that character. That's pretty close. But um, yeah, I think as far as moments go, other than just some like awkward um, hosting that happens sometimes, but. Yeah, the clips, those would definitely have to win. Yeah. Uh, the Joker reveal, too, was, was probably up there. Which, it's interesting because Nintendo revealed DLC for Breath of the Wild at last year's Game Awards. Mm-hmm. And they revealed the uh, Joker as Smash DLC at this year's Game Awards. So... It's it's kind of becoming a trend for Nintendo to reveal something at the Game Awards every year. Well, I feel like a lot of the companies do. Um, I feel like at the Game Awards, I think Nintendo is kind of not the biggest one there. Like well, last year, they definitely were. Because they had Breath of the Wild. They had they had the Switch. They had Breath of the Wild. They Wild, also had Xenoblade Chronicles Two, which got absolutely had, murdered. By they the had way. Mario Odyssey. They had a lot of strong games that year. This year, not so much. But I think that what? they didn't have as many categories. This they year. won. They won with Overcooked Two. Wow. <laughs> For best family game. Wow. Yeah, they didn't have a strong show this year. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, sometimes in in the game industry, they're not always the strongest when it comes to you know oh, awards you just, across you wait the till 2019. across the board. You freaking wait till 2019. Because you have to compete against um, the other two consoles. 2017 and, was a bonkers year and, for Nintendo, uh, though. You had Fire Emblem Heroes, PC which gamers. was new, so they dominated the mobile market. You had Breath of the Wild, and then Odyssey shortly after that, like. Nintendo dominated 2017. 2017 was the year of Nintendo. And I guarantee you, like, 2018 was a bit of a lull. 2019, well, I'll talk about this in a little bit, but 2019 is going to be absolutely insane. All right. Um, best DLC. Hands down. Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Torna, Golden, Country. It is basically its own standalone game. They even sold it in its own box. I, he- I keep hearing <laughs> you talk about this. It's so and good. It, it's like you're almost surprised... But excited at the same time. And they, they keep coming up with more. Yeah. They ain't stopping. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, in general, I feel like had some of the strongest post-game support through DLC. Uh, a lot of it was was free updates and patches. Um, but if you if you spent the 20 bucks for the, for the DLC pack, which was totally worth it, by the way, uh, you got a lot of add-on bonus stuff. 
Um, I think they sent uh, like 12 gift packs total throughout the year, so like a new thing every month you got. Uh, there were extra bonus quests, but Torn of Golden Country basically was a prequel game to Xenoblade 2. Um, and I'll say again, Xenoblade 2 got absolutely, like, it was rigged. They got absolutely rigged. <laughs> the Game Awards didn't allow them in last year because of, like, a timing thing. Um, but at the time, they were like, they'll definitely be eligible for next year's. And then they were like, mm, it's not eligible anymore, it's three. And so I'm just like, why? Like, why is no? Why? I think its release time was bad. It, it, they didn't time the release well. But Torn of Golden Country, by far, bang for buck, has some of the best DLC you will ever find in a game. Um, like I said, it's basically its own standalone game. Uh, very, very close second would have been uh, the the Breath of the Wild DLC pack, but that technically came out in 2017, so I couldn't include it. So good, so worth it. Xenoblade 2 is probably one of the mandatory games I think you should play on Switch, if you get a Switch. Maybe I'll make a list for that sometime. Now that, now that all you kids have your Switches from your Pokemans and your Smashes, um... If you if you were not an early adopter of a Switch, the library is so good. I'll make a list for that. We'll make a list for it. Uh, best collector's edition. So throughout the year, surprise, surprise. Throughout the year, you get the option of having a bunch of different collector's editions available to you. You can buy the regular game. Or you can double down and think, hey, this game's going to be amazing. I'm going to get this version instead. Well. And if you don't, your husband shames you I into mean, not smashing that pre-order And button. then three years later, you buy the Fates it Special Edition It set. wasn't three years later. Yeah, it, it was, was like a, a year after. No, it was, no it was like a year or two after. Really? Yep. You think? You want to play that game? Okay. Oh, my God. We'll play that game. I yeah. just no, no, want no. to finish Show this. is on pause. Show is on pause. Pause, but it's not really. We're going to keep it rolling. <laughs> what? Fire Emblem Fates. Yeah. 2015. Yeah, when did the other one come out? Hmm? Never mind. Let's just move on. I, please, know, I am not, I'm genuinely not sure what you're talking about at this point. But, shut up and let me talk about how great the Octopath Traveler Special Edition was. You get a cast iron commemorative coin. You get a map. You get, I'm pretty sure, a soundtrack, which is totally worth. And the whole thing comes in a pop-out storybook of all the different characters' hometowns. It was pretty awesome. It's fashioned after the game. It's so good! <laughs> so good! Um, I would have had deep regret not getting a special edition. Knowing now what's in it. And having seen it, um, <laughs> I occasionally still flip through it. Because I think it's that cool looking. It is pretty cool looking. Yeah. And the definitely next worth. Category. Definitely worth. Uh, biggest bust. <laughs> I feel like last year this would have been arms. Yeah. Maybe. I feel like the investment. Which how did how did an arms character not get into Smash Bros. Ultimate? Because we didn't talk about that. Nobody plays that game anymore. It's still sixty dollars, by the way. I feel like they, they oh, no. invested so much time into that game to try and make it, like, It's way cool, too much. And it just didn't... It flopped. It was in a lot of events, too. 
Like, every time Nintendo did, like, a Splatoon 2 thing or whatever, um, they had, like, an arms event thing going. Like, they had, like, demonstrations Maybe we're and stuff. just like, not it was in crazy. the right circles, but I don't no, know that I don't anyone think plays game. that game <laughs> I, I don't think it's that great. Um, biggest bust, by far, Mario Tennis Aces. Now, that's not to say it wasn't a good game. No, you really enjoyed it, and I think one of the biggest complaints you had about the game was that a not enough was <laughs> like improved upon it, from the demo to the full version. It wasn't release ready. <laughs> like, it just wasn't, man. Um, I feel like when you built around this much hype and you put out a demo, and, like, you offer DLC for for playing the demo, and uh, they actually just released a new batch of free DLC for characters, too. Um, and, I mean, if you play in, like, the tournaments and stuff like that, you get DLC as well. So, like, you can earn rewards and stuff in the game, but, man, this this was not the full-fledged game that we were promised upon release. It just it, it wasn't finished. And of, of all companies to put out a game that doesn't really feel finished, Nintendo doesn't seem to me that they would be that company, you know? Like, Nintendo's always esteemed themselves on... They're like the apple of the gaming industry. Like, they don't put anything out that's, like, half-assed. You know what I mean? Now, granted, Apple hasn't been doing so hot lately. But they yeah. make a hell of an iPad Pro. Just gonna say that. Um, their MacBooks are, have been crap. But the iPad Pro is really good. So, you know, it. like I said, it, it was a good game. It was still good. Uh, it just it didn't have that polished, finished feel... And once you got there, you were just kind of like, "Is like I can go online and I can do a story mode. Like that's it. <laughs> like really? That's that's what this game is. This was sixty bucks. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go back to playing Xenoblade Chronicles two now. <laughs> so, peace. Uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. But again, it was fun. There were lots of like dynamic cutscenes and. Uh, heart pounding action and things like that, but it, it just I don't know, man. It was it was very one dimensional, unfortunately. Um, but again, still pretty good. All right, most anticipated game of 2019. This is your most anticipated game <laughs> because I don't know if it's everyone's. Well, actually, no. Before before we get to that, before we before we look to the future, let's talk about. The, the game I didn't play of 2018. What's the game which you is didn't a, play? Which is a fun one. The, of all the games I didn't play, the award goes to Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. This is just a troll category. No, it? it's not. It's, it's the game that I feel like I should have played, but I didn't. <laughs> it's, like, it's a Pokemon game, right? It's like one of the top three franchises that Nintendo has. Um, it sold massively. Not as well as Smash, but it sold massively. And, I, you know, I just, when it came down to priorities, I was like, I got Smash coming out soon. Uh, there's Kingdom Hearts, which I don't think I'll be able to get anymore because I'm unemployed. And I just don't see myself playing this. Now, granted, I didn't know I could beat the game and, like, get all the master titles in a weekend. I didn't <laughs> know it would be that fast. <laughs> So looking back on it, I'm kind of like, I probably could have set some time aside for it, you know? Um, but then part of me was also like, 
how really like I feel like Pokemon is one of those franchises where you can watch somebody else play it and get the full spectrum. Right? You don't have to you don't have to immerse yourself in the gameplay to really enjoy a Pokemon game. There's online battle spot and there's team building and stuff like that. That had nothing to do with Pokemon Let's Go. Alright, let's just be real. That had nothing to do with Let's Go. Let's Go was a retelling of um, uh, the yellow game. And uh, it was updated, granted. And it had some like Pokemon Go mechanics involved. And there was some cross-promotion with Meltan and that. Um, so it wasn't like a complete duplicate, right? It wasn't like a clone. Um... But I just, at face value, I, I kind of knew what I was getting. And after I had seen gameplay and seen other people play it, I, just, I knew what I was getting into. I just wasn't interested. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was, it was the game I didn't play of 2018. Well, I don't know if that's true because I feel like you bought a few games that you have not played yet in 2018. No. I have played them all. I haven't finished Briefly. them all. <laughs> I haven't finished them all, but I have played them. Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better about all the <laughs> games you bought in 2018. Wow. <laughs> uh, they're a tax write-off, by the way. Sure. Just, just saying. It's a business need. All right. Most anticipated for 2019. Uh, some honorable mentions. The Animal Crossing game. Metroid. Um, probably a new Mario game at some point. Bayonetta 3. There's a lot of games that we can look forward to in 2019. The new Pokemon game, for example, even though director of Game Freak was like, uh, I hope everybody thinks that, you know, Let's Go is part of the mainstream games, because they are. No one's really believing him, but it's true. I think Fire Emblem Three Houses is going to light the Switch on fire, but in a good way. Not in a, not in a console-wrecking bad way. Um, three house. I feel like Fire Emblem games, similar to... Uh, the Advanced Wars series, built for the Switch, man. Uh, it's It's got that handheld feel, but it's also got the big screen. I genuinely think that Fire Emblem Three Houses is going to be an, an amazing game. I can't wait to hear more about it. And uh, I'm even planning a, a special Fire Emblem event starting in uh, January. So Where you play the games. I haven't announced anything about it yet, Jenna. Sorry. So we should maybe not... Talk about it. Okay. In its entirety. <laughs> okay. I don't Jenna. really know anything else. Jenna. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what game you're not going to play If in you'd 20- like to apply for a Cantercast oh, co-host position, <laughs> please send your resume and relevant work experience to cantocast at gmail.com. Yeah, sure. You can have Taking applications. My wife blows things in a bad way. Well, that All was right. an awkward sentence. Game of 2018. <laughs> you know, I just, I was there and I was just kind of like, I can't, I can't get out of this phrase right now. Um, game of 2018. It should be no surprise that my game of 2018 for Nintendo is... Octopath Traveler. Octopath Traveler. <laughs> it is such a good game. Go buy that freaking game and play it, you losers. No, for real though, it's really good. Um, just visually, audibly, story, characters, it, it is the complete package. And if JRPGs aren't really your thing, uh, there, there is an easy learning curve. There's, uh, job systems that are, are easy to understand and build, 
um, and develop. And it's just so it's so intuitive and it's so good. And the story is good. And I'm not even done with it yet. I'm like 80 plus hours. The replayability is insane. You can replay each story. You could go rogue or you could go noble. You could play different ways. You could nuzlock it if you wanted. I don't even care. It's so freaking good. Go play this game. Um, Octopath Traveler is definitely my game of 2018. No surprise, took home a lot of categories. Not most creative, though, contrary to Jenna's wishes. <laughs> she has no comment. She just wants this to end. A little bit. And on that note, <laughs> I'd like to thank you all for attending the CancerCast Game Awards of 2018. Maybe we'll do it again next year. Who knows? Um, thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you to everybody who, uh, who donates. Baron Ports, I see you, boys. Thank you for signing up at uh, the Anchor support. And if you'd like to support CandoCast, you can head on over to anchor.com slash CandoCast slash support. Uh, and you could, you could also use the link in the description if you wanted to. You can sign up and support the show. Um, but I just want to thank you for hanging out, spending time with us, and uh, being generally nice people, I'm sure. Because only nice, good people listen to this show. So tip of the hat to you friend uh we might be doing some stream for new year's eve haven't decided jen and i might uh, play some doubles smash online come see how terrible i am with uh bean boozled challenge somewhere mixed in there why do we always gotta throw in the bean boozleds because there if you if you don't have a penalty for losing you'll never get better i don't think that's how that works i'm gonna be such a good father <laughs> Thank you guys again so much for listening. Thank you for all the support over here on Anchor uh, and on Twitch and on YouTube. Uh, you guys are amazing. If you want to join the community, join the Discord. The link for that will also be in the description. I want to give a huge shout-out of love uh, for 2018. It ended pretty poorly for me. Uh, my 2018 could have ended better. But 2019, there's not much going downhill. So, I mean, it's all up. <laughs> it's all upwards and onwards from here, folks. Uh, I have a lot of cool project ideas coming in 2019, so definitely follow the socials if you want to get cued into that. Uh, for Jenna, I'm Brian. This has been CantoCast, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>